This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. So I have the privilege of having two daughters, and let me tell you, they are both fierce in their own ways. When my oldest daughter was maybe just on the cusp of five, we had an encounter, she and I, (laughs) and I had to put her on a timeout. And for about 10 or 15 minutes, she raged. And she raged and she raged. And the words that she kept repeating in that spot were, I hate you. I hate you. You're the worst parent ever. You know, it's everything every parent aspires for with their kids. Like, this is the moment I was dreaming of. And see, what had happened just a little while ago is that for one of the first times, she got to have some friends come and and just kind of have a hangout with friends at at our house. And you know, and so we're like, okay, let's have a good time together and, you know, don't, like don't break stuff. And, and so we were just letting them play and we were just off the side. And all of a sudden I hear our youngest daughter, Brooklyn, she just started crying. And, and I come into the room, I'm like, what happened? What happened? And they're like, oh, I, she just fell down. It's like, okay, well, like, like be careful with your sister. Like, you know, like she's little, she's like maybe two at this point in time. And, and so then I, I leave the room and a little while later, boom, I hear Brooklyn crying again. And I come walk in the room, I'm like, what happened? I, I don't know, dad, she just fell down. And I'm like, Hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, let's be careful with sister. And, I, and so I leave the room, but I don't leave the room. Parents, you know that, right? And I'm just observing. And I'm watching is, is our oldest daughter, she's having fun with her friends. And, and I realize, oh, the way she's having fun is by this living doll called her sister. And so they're having, and she would just kind of run and boom and like, you know, knock her down. And her friends were like, ha ah, ha, but Brooklyn wasn't having fun. And so I stepped in the room, like, hold on. Like, this is not okay, like, your sister's not a toy, like, you need to, like, like treat her well, and I'm like, he, he, like, so, like, this needs to stop, let's not do this again, and I said, if, if it continues, I'm, sorry, I'm just going to have to cancel the party, and your friends are going to have to go home, all right, and she's like, oh, okay, okay, so I leave the room, guess what happens again, boom, sister's knocked down in the name of fun, and there's, there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, and, and so I come into the room, and I was just like, hey, I'm sorry, the party's over. And their friends just live right next door, and so we sent them back. And I said to my oldest daughter, like, this is not how you treat so she needed to go sit on timeout. Boom. That was weird. She would go and sit on the timeout mat, but she wouldn't listen to me at other points in time. But in that moment, then she just raged in that moment. And that's where the, I hate you, I hate you, comes in. And, and then I did that because I loved her. I, I did that because I was trying to shed some light on her life. Like, hey, daughter, it will never go well for you if you treat other people as an object, if you treat other people in this way. And, and, and I'm willing to actually take some heat from you in this moment because there's things I want to show you. I'm, I'm shedding some light on your life because I'm trying to be a good dad. And see, I, I think that's so much of, of how God wants to speak to us in life. That there's times where he wants to shed some light on our life. Because he's wanting to show us the good things he has for us. One of the early writers in, in the, the, the Bible, a songwriter, he writes this about this whole idea of what God has to say in Psalm 119, 104. He says this about what God has given us in his words. He says that your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I think what a beautiful picture of what God has given us in the pages of this book, his words given to us. That, that God wants to shed light on life for us. He wants to illuminate reality for us so that 
we can see the truth of who he is and who we are and, and what it was all meant to be about. And he does that because he loves us and he wants to lead us into the best life we could hope to find with him. And I love the, the, the way it's described that God shines light so that we can understand where we are in life right now. But he also shines light through his words so we can see where we're headed and the path he wants to lead us on as we're walking forward. And, and so th this is why we've spent time these last several weeks in this series called Rooted. Like, how do we plant our lives in the beauty of these words that God has given to us? How do we, how do we st step into that space where he wants to lead us in life and show us the goodness of who he is? And, and here's the path that will lead you into good places. And here's the path to avoid because it won't go well for you if you walked in those ways. And, and he's shedding light on us so we can hear his heart and understand who he is. And in the light he wants to give us, see who we can be. And you know, I, I don't know if you've ever recognized this. When light is shine, shining on you, it's not always comfortable, is it? Like when things are being revealed about you. Like I get up in the morning and stumble into the bathroom and I turn the lights on and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Have you ever had that moment where you're like, you know, like is, am I the only one who looks better in the dark? Right? Like, come on. Like, you know you look really good before that switch is flicked, right? <laughs> and, and there's just those moments where, like, when, when there's a light shining, it's not always comfortable because there's things revealed to us that, that I don't always want to see about the life around me or especially about me. And yet, if God's a good God, I think there's things he wants to talk to us about that we're not always going to get or like or want. But because he's good, he wants to lead us into his best. And, and so listen to what one of the early Christian leaders understood about this, about what God wants to do through his word. And he writes these words in Hebrews 4.12. He says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. If these are words that God has given to us, they're not just static words on paper. They're words through which God wants to speak to us and, and show us incredible things if we're willing to listen to what he has to say to us. So he says, the word of God is alive and powerful, and it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. And it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That through, through these words that God gives us, he's trying to speak life to us. And, and in doing so, he's trying to show us things about reality. It's why sometimes when we're talking about God's word, we're like, hey, you got to get into God's word. you gotta, you got to get into God's word so you can grow and, and learn what he wants to say and, and, and know the things that he's, he's shown to us. And, and I think that's good, but I think that misses that there's actually a deeper reality that God's wanting for us through his words. Like, Yes, let's get into God's words, but the reason we want to get into God's words is that somehow God can get his words into us and shine some light in places in our life where he wants to, to move and lead and guide us in our story. Because I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but sometimes, at least in my experience, there's times where I'll be reading through stuff in the Bible, the scriptures, and, and it's almost as if there's a weight to the words as I'm reading them. And, and I'm reading through them, and, it, and it's almost as if these are words that somebody is not just speaking about life, but they're speaking words to me. It, it's almost as if it's someone saying, hey, Joel, can we talk? Hey, Joel, I want to I I speak to you about something that, that's happening around you. I, I want to speak to you about maybe an attitude that you have or, or choices that you're making because I want to shed some light in your life because I don't, I don't know 
if that's the best place for you to walk. You might think it's fun to knock your little sister down. But let me shed some light on you because that's actually not going to lead to the healthiest of relationships. <laughs> and, and there's those moments where it's almost as if in reading these words, it's almost as if there's something that God's doing. It's like he's reading me <laughs> as I'm reading his words. He's exposing the innermost places in me. And again, that's not always comfortable. And I'll just be honest with you. I don't always like that. Anyone else? Like, it's never fun when someone's like, hey, can we talk? Yeah. Like, what about, have you ever had someone, someone just reach out, hey, you want to get together for coffee? I'd like to talk to you. And you're like, what's this about? <laughs> like, uh, can you just give me a, a, a little bit of a pre, like, no, 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 I don't know. And, and yet I think like there's times where I'm reading these words and it just makes me want to say like, who are you to talk to me about me? Like, who do you think you are? And, you know, I think if we are willing to adopt the posture of humility, if we're willing to have ears to hear, what we might hear is God wanting to speak to us. Who am I? I'm God. I'm the creator of the heavens and the earth. I'm the one who breathed the breath of life into you so you could live in this world I've created. I'm the one who knit you together in your mother's womb I'm the one who has moved heaven and earth to reach out to you, to bring you into life and relationship with me. Who am I? I'm the one who is for you. I'm the one who knows you more than you will ever know yourself. And I'm the one who's come to lead you into the life I've created you to know. Who am I? I'm God and I'm for you and I have a life for you. And right now I want to shed some life. I want to shed some light in the story so you can see that there's a path to life I want to lead you on. But again, that's not always comfortable because it's often in those moments where, where God's wanting to speak to us and God's wanting to speak to me through the pages of this book, through his words given to us. Those are the moments where I often find myself wanting to wrestle with God. Like, I, I don't know if I want to hear what you have to say to me. I, I don't know. Like, can I just leave the lights off, please? Because it's more comfortable. I don't know if I want to hear what you have to say. And it's in those moments that I find myself wrestling with them because I have to figure out. I have to decide. I have to recognize, do I really trust you? Like, do I really trust that you are good? Do I really trust that you are for me? Or am I going to choose to go my own way and do my own thing? Am I going to do what I want? Because it's in the wrestling that we have to decide if we really believe that God is good and that he's for us, even if we don't like what he's saying to us in the moment. So what do we do with that? What do we do in those moments? What do we do in those moments when we're wrestling with the things that we see God sharing and showing us? What do we do when we don't get or like or maybe understand what God's saying to us in the moment? Well, first of all, before we even try to chase that question, let me just say, I, I think that should happen, actually. Like when we're reading the things that God would want to say to us, I, I think it makes perfect sense that there would be times when we would be like, I don't know if I like that, what you're saying to me. Because here's the reality. If, if my life was fully in alignment with God, I wouldn't need him to shed any lights. I would already be walking in the illumination of who he is and his truth and his goodness. I wouldn't need him to like, hey, God, there's some dark places in my life. Like, no, I'd already be walking in the truth of that. 
the truth of who he is and, and who I am and who we're meant to be in this world. I wouldn't need God to come in and say, hey, can, can we talk? Because <laughs> I'd already be there. And, and yeah, I don't, I don't know about you, but I know that's not always the case with me. I know that my life is not always in alignment. And, and the reason I know that is that there's, there's times in my story where I find myself wrestling, not just with God, I find myself wrestling with me. Like wrestling with my desire to do the thing that I know is the good thing, but I just can't seem to do it. Or I find myself wrestling to not do the thing that I just know I shouldn't do, but guess what? That's the thing I keep on doing. Am I the only one? A few of us? Yeah. See, I, so I don't think it should surprise us when we find ourselves wrestling with the things that God wants to tell us. Because there's brokenness in this world. There's brokenness in us. And yet, you know what our hope is? Our hope is that God loves us. Our hope is that God doesn't look at us and say, <laughs> our hope is that God looks at us and say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move heaven and earth to find you in the mess and to do something for you. That, that he sends his son into the story that we're told that God loves us so much he sent Jesus into this world. That if we would believe in him, if we trust in Jesus, our story could be changed forever. And see, Jesus doesn't come into the story because it's all good. Jesus comes into the story because it's not good. He comes into the story because he's got something he wants to do on our behalf. He comes into the story for you and me because he's good. And in his goodness, he wants to rescue us out of that brokenness and mess. I mean, this is what Jesus said in, in Mark 2. Jesus said this. He said, it's not the healthy who needs a doctor, it's the sick. And so Jesus said, I, I didn't come to call those who think they're righteous. He's not talking about surfers. <laughs> like to, to, to think that you're righteous is to think that I'm all good. And oftentimes we equate that with hyper-religious people. Oh, they're so self-righteous. But that's not just a religious problem, that's a human problem. Like anytime you think that you're really good and you've got it all put together, you're just being self-righteous. And if that's true about you, Awesome. <laughs> I just know that's not true about me, and I wrestle with my own self-righteousness. And here's how you know you might be wrestling with that in your own story. Do you ever look down on people who make different decisions and judge them? Come on. <laughs> Welcome to the American political climate. Can I just tell you? I got off of social media about nine months ago because it was toxic for me, and part of it was seeing the things that were there, but part of it was because I wanted to be the guy telling everyone why they were wrong. And so Jesus is like, I didn't come to call those who think they're righteous. He said, I came for those who know they are sinners. And I'm like, Jesus, now you've just offended me. How dare you? And yet I know I need you. How dare I? Like, ah. So thank you that you come for someone like me who's wrestling with himself. And now I begin to wrestle with you. And, and so because we can, if we're just going to be honest, I think because we know that we need rescue, here's the good news that he's come to step into the story. But that means we will wrestle with him when he's talking to us about life. When God's talking to us, we're going to wrestle with him when we find that our thinking about how life works is challenged with the things he's revealed to us. Or we're going to find that we're going to wrestle with them when he's talking to us about our behaviors or our attitudes or the choices that we're making in life. We're going to find ourselves challenged. And so what do we do with that? And I think just one of our natural tendencies in those moments is to just want to hide from it, want to hide from him. You know how you learn habits from your parents? 
That's what our first parents did, right? You go to that beginning garden story, and they did the one thing God said don't do, and their first plan of response was hide. And I think we all have this natural tendency to do that in our own story. And I think one of the ways that we just naturally hide is that we just say, like, I don't want to believe what you're telling me, God. So I'm just going to deny the validity of the things that you've shared with me. Or we just get very selective in what we decide we're going to think is what God's saying to us. So the things I like, I'm going to say that's from you. The things I don't like, I'm going to dismiss as not from you. Like, it's, that's called selective listening. Do you know anyone who has that gift? <laughs> A few years ago, I was visiting with my parents. Like, we, we'd get back from Canada as often as we could to visit with them. And my mom pulled me aside, and she said, I, I don't want to concern you, Joel, but I, I think your dad's starting to lose his hearing. <laughs> and so we're hanging out, and I'm just watching dad hang out with our kids, and it's just like he's in full conversation, everything's fine. And then I hear mom say something, and I'm like, oh, that went over dad's head. And I'm like, oh, mom. I don't think that has a hearing problem. <laughs> He's just got this gift to choose what he wants to hear. And let's face it, sometimes we do that with God. I love what you're saying here. Awesome. I'm not sure about this other stuff. I think another way that we hide is just that idea of righteousness again, and we hide in the religious games that we like to play. Can I just say something? Religion sucks. Because what religion so often teaches us to do is to pretend we have it all put together and to put on the mask and act like we're fine when we're dying inside. But I can't expose that to you because I have to be the one who has it all put together. And we hide in our religious facades and we pay lip service to the words, but we never actually let the words come into the deep places where God wants to meet us and do his most beautiful work. So can we do something better than hiding What if the thing we're meant to do when we're struggling with the things God tells us is to actually wrestle with him in it? To say, God, I don't know if I get this. I don't know if I understand this. But let's go. Let's figure this out. I want to wrestle with you in it. And so I want to give you a couple of thoughts if you've ever found yourself, or maybe you're there today. Like, like what can we do in the wrestling? What, what would it actually look like to wrestle with God with the things that he's telling us, the light he's trying to shine in our lives? How do we wrestle with him? And I'd say just the first, the first question in the wrestling that I would encourage you to do is just a very, very practical thing. And it's to ask yourself this question. When you're looking at something that God is showing you, to just, and you're not necessarily liking it or you don't know if you get it. In the wrestling, just ask the question, have I understood it correctly? What a practical question. Let me tell you how many times I've had to go to Christy and say, could you help me understand what you just said? <laughs> Why not be willing to do that with God when he's talking to us? Have I understood what you've told me correctly? Because there have been people who would call themselves followers of Jesus who have missed the point a lot in the last 2,000 years. That's why you see a lot of the ugly things that have come out of Christianity in 2,000 years is because they didn't hear God correctly and they went their own way. There's a lot of beautiful things that have come out as well because Christians following Jesus have done incredibly good things in the last 2,000 years as well. But the question is, have we heard it correctly? And so I would just say, get a hold of some tools that can help you. Like we've been promoting this for the last several weeks that if you don't have a Bible, here's a great way to get one. It's called the YouVersion Bible app. It's, it's totally free. You can get it on your computer. You can get it on your device. And it's an incredible tool that you can begin to explore the things that God has said through his words. 
And, and there's a recommended thing that I'd say, if you just want to spend some time walking through the Bible, there's a great reading plan that they have there by a guy named Nicky Gumbel. And I would just say, find that reading plan on the YouVersion app and just spend time every day walking through it. And Nicky's this incredible, friendly British guy who's not trying to take over the United States because he's like, you guys are free, that's cool. But he just is trying to help people understand the scriptures. And it's just a great tool. It's a resource. And I would just say, start there. Another thing that I would recommend is get, get a hold of something like this. I had this out earlier. My friend was like, that's like a really big Bible. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm super spiritual. No, no, no. Not. The reason this specific Bible is so big is it's called a study Bible. And so you, you can't see it, but I'm going to show it to you. The reason it's so big is that the top half of the page is the, the text, and the bottom half is insight about the text. And so this is a tool that I've used in my own journey. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to understand the things that you shared, the cultural context and all the different things that are going on. And so help me, help me get a better handle on things. I would encourage you just get a hold of something like that. If you're wrestling with something and say, help me understand what's going on. Here's another resource that I would highly recommend. It's called The Bible Project. Thebibleproject.com. You will love this because you don't have to read a thing. These are two guys that are just walking through what is the Bible and what does the Bible teach, and they create these awesome videos that just help us unpack and explain things. But again, it's a great tool that I would recommend for you. But again, in that idea, have I understood it correctly? Don't walk alone in the wrestling. Walk with other people that are on the journey and say, okay, what have you seen about this? How has this helped you? And I think one of the beautiful things that we can do as a community is to create space for people to be in the wrestling. And to say, hey, you're wrestling with that. I, I, I am too. Or, or we walk together and we encourage each other and we just say, it's okay to not like it. It's okay to wrestle with it. My goodness. Let's, let's engage our minds and our hearts and our spirits in the process together so that we can chase after. Because if this is light that God is shedding, the best thing we could do is not reject it, but to wrestle with it so we could try to understand it correctly. I was talking with a friend once about this whole idea, and my friend said, it sounds like there's some work I have to do. And I was like, yes! Welcome to growing up <laughs> and to growing deeper. Jesus called us to a childlike faith, not a childish faith. And I think if we're willing to wrestle, we'll begin to grow up and deeper into the things that God wants for us. But what happens if we've done all that? What happens if we've wrestled with it and we, we've sought to understand it correctly and we think we've understood it correctly and we still don't like it? I don't like what I think God is telling me in this portion or this area of, of the scriptures as he's trying to speak into my life. What do we do with that? I'm like eight or nine years old and I go out to the front of our house where my, my dad and my older brother are working on the car. And I'm not highly mechanical. Like, I don't know how things work, but like, like there's something in me as a, as a little boy looking at my dad and my brother that just felt like this is what men are supposed to do. So I wanted to fully dive in and get under the hood of our Pinto because it was an awesome car. <laughs> and so I'm walking up to them because I just want to step into my manhood, whatever that means. And I remember as I'm getting closer, my dad's like, Joel, wait, stay right there. Look out for the grass. Because, you know, like there's the lawn, then there's the sidewalk, and then there's the grass that the city's supposed to take care of, but they never do. So he's talking about that patch of grass. He's like, watch out for the grass. In this patch right here, there's, a, there's like a red ant nest, and be careful. And so then they get back to working on the car. And I, I, I stand on the sidewalk, and I'm looking at the grass, and I'm like, I don't see any red ants. 
And then look at my dad and my brother, and I'm like, they're having a good time. I think dad's trying to hold me back. I think dad's actually trying to prevent me from stepping into a good moment. Dad's preventing me from becoming the eight-year-old man I'm supposed to be. (laughs) And when you're wrestling, here's the question you have to ask yourself. Do I believe God is looking out for me? Even when I don't like what he's saying to me. So you know what I did in that moment? Dad, you're the best. I know you're always looking out for me. I trust you no matter what you say. So I'm going to go the long way around to join you and my brother. Of course I didn't do that. (laughs) I took my little flip-flop foot. And I put it right in the middle of the grass where my dad said, look out. And what I didn't know is that there used to be a tree there, so it's not flat grass. It was a divot, and I, slip, I sink in up to my calf into this hole, and I feel two things immediately. This grass is moving. <laughs> this grass is biting. And I pull my foot out, and it's swarming with red ants. You see, that moment revealed me, not dad. That moment revealed that I didn't believe that my dad was looking out for me. But if we do believe that dad is good, if we do believe that he's looking out for us, why wouldn't we give him the benefit of the doubt in the wrestling? Give him the benefit of the doubt that I may not get it right now, but I trust that someday I will. And so when God talks to us about things that we don't like, are we going to trust him when he talks to us? Are we going to trust him when he talks to us about, hey, I want you to be somebody that grows in your ability to love others, which at face value sounds, oh, of course, how easy. I mean, we, we live in a culture that's like, yeah, we got to love people. But what do we do when God said, yeah, and also the people you don't like. Like Jesus says, hey, love your enemies so that you'll be like your father in heaven. Am I going to trust him that he'll work on me to be able to do that? So if I'm a liberal, will I learn to love the conservative? And if I'm a conservative, will I learn to love the liberal? Or will I say, no, God, you don't know. Those people are crazy. Because obviously God's a liberal if you're a liberal, and God's a conservative if you're a conservative, right? (laughs) Or will I say, okay, I I don't know how to do this. I don't even know if I want to do this, but somehow I'm going to ask you to help me do it. Will I, will I trust him? What about when God talks to us just like, hey, here's what I think sex should be all about. Don't dare talk to me about that. Oh, God, you're so old-fashioned. He's like, actually, I'm OG. I'm like original gangster. I designed this thing. Don't you think I know how it would work best? Will you trust me? But what about when, when God talks to us about forgiving people that have hurt us and wronged us? So like, God, you don't understand what they did to me. There's no way I will ever do that. Or will I trust that dad is looking out for me and, and ask him to do something in me so I can step into that space? That maybe what he wants for me is freedom versus being bound up in bitterness the rest of my life. Or will we trust when God talks to us about our money? Don't you dare touch my 401k, God. 
Don't you dare challenge me to be sacrificial for the benefit of others. And yet maybe what God wants is to grow us into generosity. If we're willing to trust him with the thing we're holding on to. That he's like, this, this is a tool to use in this world. Don't let it be a God that rules you in this world. Will we trust him? Will we trust him? We have to wrestle in those moments where we don't like the things that he's saying and ask the question, do I believe that you are good and you are looking out for me? Will I trust you even when I don't get it or understand it or like it? Will I trust you that someday I will? I will see life the way you see it. And in that moment, I will understand, but until then, I will trust you. And see, because here's the reality, we're not always going to like everything we're seeing, everything we hear God telling us. We're not always going to like it right now. Hey, don't knock your sister over. I know you think it's fun, but it will only end poorly for you in the long run. You're killing my fun, Dad. You're embarrassing me in front of my friends, Dad. But in that moment, we will be willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, that he's good. And he's looking out for us. Because I think one of the mistakes that we make in the wrestling is that we can shake a fist and say, how dare you? And we actually pull away from God. Instead of in the wrestling, lean into God and say, help me. This is a pretty epic timeout she was on, by the way. Like, I'm not kidding. It was about 15 minutes straight of screaming at the top of her lungs, I hate you! And I'm like, I think the neighbors are going to call CPS. Like, I'm like, this is intense. And it's like, this has never really happened before. And so what do we do? And so I, like, Christine and I are looking at each other. And it's like, Rochambeau, you, me. Like, who, who, who steps into this moment? And I remember I just, I went to the place where we just had defined where timeout was in our home that we were living in at the time. And and I, and I just walk up to her, and she's just standing in defiance, and she's looking up at me, and I mean, she's as red as you can get. Like, I mean, she's like, like Mount Suvius about to explode, and just like, I, hey, you're the worst parent ever. And I just kind of walk up to her, and I'm just kind of standing close to her, and all of a sudden, she just looks up at me, and all the rage disappears, and she just says, would you hold me? And I said, no, you don't deserve my, no, I didn't do that. And she looked up at me and just said, would you hold me? I'm like, of course. I'm dad. I love you. I love you so much. I'm willing to let you think I'm a monster in this moment by doing this because I'm actually trying to shed light because I want to lead you into something good. Will I hold you? Of course. And I just sat down on the ground and wrapped her in my arms. And let me tell you, I, like, she probably had a temperature of like 120 degrees. <laughs> and we just sat in that space together. And I just whispered, I love you. And whether you understand it or not, you do love your sister. And I want something better for you than what was going on. And we just sat in that space for I don't know how long until she calmed down. And then we could walk out of it together into the beautiful new that she could discover. What are you wrestling with God about today? Where has God maybe been trying to to shed some light into your story? And you're wrestling with him about it today. 
don't pull away. Lean in and let him come close to you. You can say words like, Dad, I don't get it. Dad, I don't like it. Dad, I don't understand it. If I'm honest, I'm kind of pissed off at you right now. But would you, would you help me? Would you come close? Would you hold me? And he'll meet you right where you're at. What are you wrestling with God about today? I just want to invite you to come into this moment right now, as you are, and let him meet you in the wrestling. And as we go into this song, I just want to invite you to let this song shape a prayer of your heart, a posture you can have towards him and say, okay, I don't know if I understand everything that you've been saying to me, but I do know you're good. A good God would not have done what you've done for me. A good God would not have sent Jesus into this world. That's proof of your love for me. Okay, I know you're good. And if that's all I know in this moment, it's enough. So come and be with me. So for those of you here in this room, for those of you watching us online as we go into this time, I just want to encourage you. Dad, would you hold me? And let him come close. Let him meet you in this moment. And that might just be a posture of sitting in your chair with hands open on your lap. That might be a full-on, I'm standing up in this moment because I'm wrestling with my dad, and so here I come, would you hold me? Whatever posture you want to adopt in this moment, do it. Don't pull away from him. Let him meet you. So, Dad, we're here wrestling with you. I know I wrestle with you because I don't always get it. You call me to things that sometimes feel hard or uncomfortable or beyond me or put me at odds with maybe the way this world thinks. But I know you're good. I know you're for me. So would you meet us in this place? As we stand before you, as we sit with you, our hearts are open to you to come and hold us and meet us and be with us. So come, come and show us the goodness of who you are. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.